0: Guys, welcome back to the Part-Time Hunter Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Gross. Welcome back to another one, guys. Glad to have you, as always. And this is a really, really special episode, man. This is episode number 45. Getting on up there and coming really... I can't remember if it was today or maybe the next Monday from now. It's right here. We're right here at the one-year anniversary of the show. And I'm handing over the keys to the car. I'm handing over... The wheel, the helm to the ship. This is my podcast, but it's also your show. So today we're doing a listener call-in type, whatever you want to call it, a listener version of the show where I'm calling you guys who reached out to us either through Instant Messenger, uh, Facebook, Instagram, some of the turkey uh, content groups. So if you guys have reached out, I'm about to call your butt, and we're going to talk some turkey hunting spring action. So I hope you guys are ready. episode 45. Man, let's just get to it. The Part-Time Hunter Podcast, no commercials, no sponsors, no BS, just a pure hunting podcast. Glad to have you guys back. Let's roll. Hello? What's going on, Steve? Man, you doing all right? Shoot, hanging out here in the shop, ready to talk some turkey with all these guys.
1: Yeah, I hear you. Go. <laughs>
0: Where are you from? Shoot, I'm out of North Georgia, the Dalton area. So just south of, uh, everybody knows Chattanooga, Tennessee. So I'm like 20 minutes south of. of oh, I got you. Yeah, dude. I got so, you. You're right here. You're right here. Yeah, man. So basically what we're doing tonight is on the show is just kind of you know, just getting with everybody that listens to the show or maybe guys that don't just, you know, some, some quick turkey tips, maybe like 10, 15 minutes rundown. You guys uh out there steve uh we we talked a little bit on facebook before he has taken many a many of turkey uh with a bow and arrow and just to pick his brain for a little second give you guys a glimpse maybe some tips if you're going to go after that long beard this year with archery equipment uh steve take it away man it's your show go 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 ahead with it tell guys where you're from and maybe some turkey tips for archery season
1: oh okay we're on on right now i got you uh yeah uh, what i would do is is uh i would get on I definitely get online and, uh, and Google shot placement and I've got a couple of videos out on shot placement and stuff, stuff like that, but there's a lot of stuff out there and just l- learn where to shoot them. And, uh, and then you want to, you know, most people are going to use a, a blind and a, a good decoy. And, uh, and that's what I would advise anybody to do. And, 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 and next is, uh, you got to find some birds. You got to get out there and, and, uh, and the best time to locate turkeys is early in the morning. Uh, you know, right at day daylight, get on a big, tall hill somewhere, and uh, and listen for them. And they're gonna, you know, they're gobbling. They're gobbling already, so you're gonna be able to hear them gobble, and uh, and locate them like that. And uh, you know, you can uh, you know, you can close the distance and move in a little closer. You know, even when you're scouting and, and pinpoint where they're gonna, you know, where they are, and, and they're not gonna be the uh, that far away from there. Come spring, you'll be able to hear them, hear them gobble from there, and uh, and that's uh. That's pretty much the gist of it. You know, a lot of people, you know, they'll hunt fields and stuff when they're bow hunting turkeys because, you know, because the decoys uh, are a lot more visible uh, in fields. And, uh, you know, some of them just play the sit and wait game. And that's a strategy. It's a real effective strategy. It's, it's not my main strategy. I like to uh, go to them and uh close the distance similar to what a a gun hunter well the same is what a gun hunter would do uh you know most shotgun hunters like to be mobile close in get close to the turkey set up and uh then start calling scratching in the leaves and whatever and that's what i do uh, uh, but my system's a little bit more mobile than most i got a real lightweight blind it only weighs 10 pounds and uh even with my camera gear i'm only carrying about 20 pounds of gear and uh without my camera gear I'm, I'm toting less than 20 so i can cover a lot wow. of ground yeah yeah a lot of people you know i've met people out there and they'd be you know pretty give out from toting all their gear i say, how much you carry and it'd be like 48 50 pounds The people that tote the double bulls and the dsds but that's not the way i roll i mean you you really got to be light if you're gonna cover a lot of ground
0: oh yeah and especially you know it's so funny especially uh Social media today, it seems like, you know, not just turkey hunters, but a lot of hunters bicker. You know, there's controversy on what type of shell you shoot and how far you shoot them and all that. And I think that kind of – all that BS kind of melts away when you go to guys using primitive weapons, especially archery equipment, man. It's uh, just so much more intimate. It really magnifies everything you do. Moving in the turkey woods, you got to really calculate what you're doing. you got to – you know, like in this case, you know, blind placement, uh, whether you use using a blind or not. There's a YouTube channel I follow, Close Proximity, uh, that guy run, runs and guns, you know, in quotes, with a bow, with no blind, some decoys, some, you know, some doesn't. But that, that guy's a monster. And it just goes to show you, you know, turkey hunting is, you know, as long as it's legal and ethical, you can get out of it what you want. So if some guys like to stick and string, you know, hey, my hat's off to you, man. It's a, it's already tough enough. So dialing up the intensity of the hunt, man, it's, a, it's really, really something else. And uh, I think you were, we were texting a little bit. And uh, so your next bird will be number what with uh, archery?
1: 297
0: dude that is freaking incredible man that is so awesome so so you guys go uh, go follow steve tell them uh, do you have a youtube channel you're posting all this content on so they can go yeah uh,
1: it? it's yes, it's under my name steve uh, grace is steve turkey bow master grace uh that channel you know if you just google steve grace turkey hunting and it'll come up uh pop up and uh i've got it i got a bunch of videos deer i usually uh use trad gear for deer hunting but i use compounds for turkey hunting i'm kind of making the transition a little bit more uh to trad hunting for turkeys i, uh, I okay. killed six about three years back and uh transitioning and probably going to do more uh blind less hunting and stuff like that and 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 i'll give a tip real quick for yeah go ahead that, uh, you know tim knight tim knight hunts he hunts without a blind well he uses a blind on his bow but it's it's not a blind blind but uh Anyway, uh, a real good tip I got from a camera a guy, a guy that, that takes pictures, cause they're in close proximity with turkeys and, uh, and they have to move a little bit, changing this back when they use a uh, roll film, changing film and all that. And he said, when you call in a turkey, when he first comes in, that's the most alert he is. He said, the longer they stay, and I found this to be true video, the longer they stay around your decoys the less alert they are and his advice was just don't move when they first come up, let them, let them mill around the decoys, assuming they're going to hang around, you know, they don't just do a drive-by on them and they'll do that sometimes. But if they are, if, if they're intent on, you know, breathing that fake hen or whatever and, uh, and they stay there long enough, the longer they stay, the less alert they get. And you can just draw your bow with ease. If, you know, after, uh, you know, after 15 or 20 minutes, you can draw your bow with ease and, uh, and I did a little video in one year for a guy. He wanted some footage, and the turkey stayed around my decoys for 45 minutes. And I literally wow. had to stand up and throw a stick at them to get them to run off. <laughs> and when they first come up there, oh, you can blink your eye when they first walk up. But if you can, if you can, if you can buy time, time is on your side. Just don't, you know, just don't draw when they first come up there. Buy as much time as you can.
0: That's awesome, man. Well, Steve, hey, seriously, thank you for taking the time. I know Friday night's tough for a lot of people. We're going to probably put this episode out Monday morning for the guys. So, thank you again for the the hot tips. And man, I hope you get to two ninety seven uh, with ease. And uh, man, be safe and have a very successful spring, man. All right, thank you. Yes, sir. You have a good night. Wow, guys, what a what a legend, man. So his next bird that he takes with archery equipment, his bow, two ninety seven, man. Wow, that see, that's the kind of guy, the kind of. The knowledge, the experience, tips like that, letting the de- you know, letting the turkeys mill around the decoys, you know, fighting that urge to to draw back as soon as you see a strutter come in range. See, that's the kind of little subtle detail that kills birds. So let's go ahead. Let's ramp up the uh let's ramp up the podcast and get to the next caller. Yo. What's going on, Kyle? What's up, man? Shoot, man. Thanks for uh, taking the time. I know you're headed to the gym. On a Friday night, who goes to the gym on Friday night? By the way,
2: listen, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> listen, it's been a long work week between overtime and three kids, and you know I gotta.
0: Oh, okay. I'm try with to get you.
2: out there, and you know, plus overtime tomorrow, so it's
0: you yeah. Have to play, you know, <laughs> so I, I'm about to to go in down that road. We we have our we're having our first uh, child, our son, late June. So I'm about to be on that program too. We're just having one though. We're not. We're not wild like that, so we're going to just have one and, and cut it off, man, because we got stuff to do. Hey, uh, this is a, a, a call-in show, so just pretty much talking turkey. Just uh, First of all, tell, tell people where you are, your socials, and kind of uh, you know what part of the country you're out of.
2: Yeah, man, for sure. So, my name's Kyle McCullough. Um, my Instagram is kyle.mccullough.hunt. Um, I'm based out of New Jersey. Uh, I hunt New Jersey, Ohio, Kentucky, Kentucky. Um, illinois when i can um but mainly um as far as turkey hunting goes i just stay in new jersey um i've been turkey hunting since seven years old six seven eight years old around there all right um i grew up turkey hunting so and i i say this on every podcast that i've been on talking to people and i'll say it to the day that i die i'm a turkey hunter that deer hunts And a lot of people don't understand that. And then when I try to explain to them that, you know, turkey hunting and deer hunting are two totally different things. And for somebody who doesn't enjoy turkey hunting as much as we do, they don't get that. You know, you're not having that vocal communication with deer as you are turkeys, obviously. Exactly. You know, so... That sets me apart from, you know, my group of friends that hunt and everything. You know, once turkey season starts rolling around, you know, I get jacked up. I get amped up about it and everything. And um, so, growing up turkey hunting, it has been, um, you know, one of the greatest things that, you know, I was fortunate enough to do. Uh, My now-laid uncle is the one who got me into it. And from that first hunt with him, man, it just... It struck that nerve in me, man. It it just drove me to be like, all right, this is it, man. Like, this is my bread and butter. This is what I'm going to do. And I'm never going to stop doing it,
0: man. Oh, yeah.
2: You know, from being a little kid and, you know, learning and everything. I mean, you know, not having the proper equipment per se. I like one hunt was, you know, I had to wear a black trash bag as a poncho (laughs) <laughs> because i didn't have you know what i mean oh, so yeah. like, i just remember looking back at them days and you know hearing that first gobble and you know working you know listening to my uncle work these birds and you know that's just some you know i'm i'm very proud that he taught me everything man and that's something that i cherish and you know a lot of people will tell you you know that I, I, I very I speak very highly about my uncle because as far as me growing up, being in, so in love with the outdoors, I literally dedicate everything to him because if he didn't take that chance with me and taking me out, I wouldn't be where I am today and have the passion that I have today if it wasn't for him. So I, I, I give everything to him. I praise him for everything, you know, and that's just. Like I said, I'm a turkey hunter that deer hunts, man.
0: I'll, I'll say it till i blue in the face. Dude, I, I love it, man. That See, that's the thing that we talk about all the time, Preacher, on the show is, is uh, you know, it, especially even if it's not your own kid, you know, if you're, you know, a, a seasoned hunter, whatever it is, waterfowl, ducks, turkey, if you bass fish, whatever, if, if you plant that seed in a in a young man, a young woman's life, and they really grasp hold of that, it's, it's, it's probably the best thing you can do with your free time. If a kid's growing up hunting, He's not going to have time to get in trouble. He's not going to have time to do drugs or get in the wrong crowd. He's going to really be, you know, you're investing in that kid's life. And that's really, dude, I, lo- I love stories like that. You know, you and your uncle planting that seed and look at you today, dude. Just freaking doing it on your own and, you know, doing it with your kids too, you know, eventually. So, it's freaking up. Uh, yeah, man. That's and, the good and, stuff.
2: And that's, that, that's the best part about it is that learning from him and then, you know, now having children, it's like, okay, you know, I can't wait. You know, my, my oldest daughter – Is going to be three in April. My son just turned one in December. That's awesome. I have a newborn that's three weeks old. Wow. listen, I'm going to tell you right now. When you say you're going to have one, you're not going to have one, bro. It don't work like that, man. Don't put that juju
0: on me, Ricky Bobby. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Oh man, listen, I said one and done and here I am three later, you know, but no, man, it's, 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 it's the best thing in the world that's ever happened to me, man. And, and honestly, and I say this to, um, you know, I, I I say this to new fathers and new parents that are diehard hunters and that's what they love to do. And now you got to throw, you know, a kid into the mix and, you know, starting a family, you know, and I've, I've said this before, man, you know, having my daughter, First off, having a daughter and that that father daughter bond is something that nobody will ever understand unless you're in that situation, you know, and, you know, it's your first kid, you know, it's the greatest thing in the world, but now you're taken back from hunting a little bit, but having my daughter and having children has made me a better hunter, the best that I've been in my entire life. And the reason why I say that is because I'm very selective, especially when it comes to deer hunting. I'm very, very, very selective of when I go and how I hunt because I need to know, like, hey, you know, I only have, you know, one day to go out this week. Should I hunt or should I not hunt? And should I wait and, you know, work things out with the wife, you know, because she's a diehard hunter too, so it's hard to, like, you know, we're, oh, you know, we're tough. helping each other out. So, I mean, but it, it helps you navigate on when you're going to hunt and how you're going to hunt and you're not putting too much pressure on the deer. You're not putting, you know what I mean? So it, it makes you hunt yes. smarter. And by that being said, I ended up killing my biggest buck, uh, last year. Dang. Uh, not this past season in 2022, My wife ended up killing her biggest buck. So it has been like, it's it's been amazing, man. It really, really has. And, you know, like I said, a lot of people are like, oh, man, like, goodbye, kiss hunting, goodbye, kiss hunting, goodbye. Like, no, dude, like, now is a time where it's like, okay, now you're paying attention to every other little thing that you did pay attention to, but you're now diving deeper into it and understanding why, you know, Things happen the way that they happen in the woods, so then you can prepare and capitalize on the limited time that you have out.
0: That's deep, man. That's definitely something. I Yeah, I've never thought about that, but yeah, I'm I'm ready to experience that. I'm I'm. Well, dude, we're full steam ahead. I turned a, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I was putting baby furniture together on my day off this week, and uh, you know it comes with all that furniture stuff gets shipped. You know from from probably China with a little black Allen wrench. Well, I screwed that thing. So many times I it was stainless steel. By the time I was done using that little <laughs> Allen wrench joint I was giving her <laughs> hell, buddy. But yeah, yeah, dude. Hey, seriously, thanks for being on the show. Any last minute turkey hunting tips you got for you know seasoned guy or even a guy that's maybe this is his first spring going? What's your what's your turkey tip for this year? Um, <laughs> uh, I'm going
2: to say this, and I say it again: make sure you got toilet paper in your vest.
0: Oh yeah, TV. rule
2: number one. I tell everybody that bro and make sure you got toilet paper in your vest, but, um, no, seriously, um, You know if, if if you're going into a new area, let's say, you know, you haven't roosted any birds or whatever, you know Just just look at the terrain look at your map do your You know e scouting on your onyx and your hunt wise or whatever you do and really see You know the terrain features, you know And understand what birds do if you can understand You know, leading up to the season, if you figure out why turkeys make the sounds that they do and talk the way they do and have that turkey talk, if you can figure that out, then you'll have a bigger understanding of, you know, when should I be yelping? When should I be cutting? How come these birds are making these noises? How come this one's, you know, uh, how come this one's um, cutting off this bird or whatever the case may be? If you understand why turkeys make the noises and the sounds that they do. I think that besides, you know, the terrain features and all that stuff I just mentioned, but I would say like, if you can understand why a turkey does what it does communication wise, I think you're going to have the upper hand on when you're going after a bird. You know, because a lot of times, because we open up in New Jersey, we open up uh, the Monday of the last week of april i believe okay. so we'll open up a little bit later so we're already past that first goblin phase like these birds are hend up for a second week of april so now they're coming off of that and they're about to get on it again and it's like you gotta understand like okay you know if, if if i'm hunting a bird that's got you know three or four hens with them like how am i gonna approach this what call should i be throwing out should i be aggressive should i be less aggressive where do these turkeys want to be what you know what i mean so with all these other little things that you know you can read about and you know you can watch you know obviously listen to podcasts you can you know watch videos on youtube but if you really understand the reasons why turkeys communicate the way that they do i think that you'll have the upper hand going into um this season and future
0: seasons as well that's a great tip dude kyle thanks for being on the show man i'll let you get to uh to getting your pump on and uh and what the, what so what are you do in the gym today upper body lower body uh today's a poll day all right that's it man so just chilling man well you guys have a great weekend be safe out there in new jersey and man if i don't hear from you have a safe successful spring get out there and enjoy your mornings and evenings and and uh keep listening to the show man appreciate you uh, being on
2: yeah man thanks for having me i appreciate it and uh congrats on the little one
0: thanks brother we'll talk to you later buddy y'all have a good evening
2: yes sir see you later Bye.
0: all right that was kyle mccullough all the way out from new jersey man i don't know if uh did you guys grow up watching New, New Jersey Shore or the Jersey Shore? Did you guys watch that? So he was going to the gym. I wonder if he was doing gym tan laundry GTL just like uh, Paulie on the, on the Jersey Shore. <laughs> Maybe I'm the only one that finds that funny. All right, let's get to the next one here. All right, listener show going good. Howdy, dude. What's going on, Pierce? Not much. Shoot, man, I appreciate you taking time on a Friday night to uh, hop on the podcast with us. We're doing a listener show, and basically, honestly, man, I think you're the youngest person we've ever had on the podcast, so it's pretty cool.
3: Yeah, that's pretty cool.
0: That's dope, man. Well, for everybody out there listening to the show, uh, Pierce, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, tell them about your YouTube channel and where you're at and how old you are and where you're from in the country.
3: Well, I am a 13-year-old trapper named Pierce, and... uh I'm in southeastern Oklahoma, and my goal with trapping is to protect the the young fawns and the and the turkey nest. The, a bobcat or a coyote will take down a full-grown turkey, but raccoons, skunks, and possums will take down the poults and the eggs. So if you are trying to increase your turkey population and get those big old turkeys on your property, in my opinion, the best way to do it is trapping.
0: Dude, that is that is so true. And honestly, uh, it's I, I had this conversation the other night on the show where you know it's almost like trapping. It was especially where I'm from. I'm from Georgia, so where you know Northwest Georgia area, Dalton area. It seems like a lot of kids growing up, even my age. I mean, I'm I'm 32, so it seems like trapping has just gone. You know, in this part of the country, people just don't do it as much because I guess you know the the fur and the pelts aren't worth as much. So it's really you got to really have a reason to go out there and do it. But it's so cool. To know that you know guys like you, you know, 13 years old, you're out there. You got the passion for trapping, and you can see the huge, massive benefit—not just for turkeys. It's cool that you name fawns too. So, what are what are some of the predatory animals that 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 you know kill those young fawns when those does are dropping them?
3: Okay, so whenever the does are actually dropping the fawns and stuff, uh, coyotes and bobcats are the two that I am targeting. Whenever someone tells me they have found dead deer. That they didn't shoot on their property, that are just being ripped to shreds by these kayaks because uh, they have multiple videos. If you're if you're the type of person that likes to see stuff before you have a reason to kill an animal, if you look up bobcat attacks deer, you can watch videos of full grown bobcats just walking up to uh, they stalk a deer and then they come up and grab it. And from being close as close to bobcats as I can, because whenever you're in a trap, you, you're right up there by them their paws look oversized on their bodies so if you look at a cat's claw it's like that but scale it up four or five times and if you're a deer there's no way you're getting out of that
0: oh yeah dude yo, know, that that's that's crazy so whenever whenever you're targeting uh coyote and bobcats are you going after them like like thermal rifle hunting or are you setting dirt hole traps like what's your what's your favorite method to, to get that done
3: So, uh, I actually have never been hunting for them. I trap. That's basically all I do. Uh, For, like I said, for deer, the best thing to do is I go out there. After after January, I hardly make any dirt hole sets. There's a thing called a scent post set. And it's basically where you take a tuft of grass or a stick sticking up in the ground. And you put some gland lure and a little bit of urine on there. And that makes them want to pee on it. And as they do that... You place that trap where they're walking and you'll catch them. This season so far, I've caught four coyotes, two bobcats, 28 raccoons, and 11 possums.
0: Golly. And
3: and last season, I caught uh, 51 raccoons, uh, 11 possums, a fox, a skunk, and four coyotes, I think four
0: or five dude. You are getting after, man. Dude, that that is so cool. It sounds like you've got just a ton of knowledge to share with a lot of folks out there. Uh, would you go ahead and share? Do, do you have Instagram too, other than your YouTube channel?
3: Yes, I have Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. And my Instagram is pc underscore outdoors six, and my uh, YouTube is pc underscore not pc underscore pc outdoors.
0: Dude, that is so awesome, man. Well, hey, buddy, seriously, thanks for jumping on the show. Uh, you know, probably one of the, the last things we'll touch on is what, what is the easiest way for, you know, just talking turkey, nest predators, especially, you know, here in the southeast, we really concentrate on raccoons for sure, but there's more than just that nest predator-wise. But what's the easiest way for somebody to get into, you know, trapping coons this time of year?
3: If you're wanting to get into trapping coons, the best thing I can say to do is go online and order you some Duke dog proofs. And those are just tube-type traps, so it's like a tube with a pull trigger at the bottom so you can set them around your house, your barn, and you don't have to worry about dogs or cats getting caught in them. And I anchored that in with a piece of 16- uh, to 18-inch rebar with a washer welded on top. And you just set it where they're walking, and you fill it half about halfway up with fish-flavored cat food or marshmallows, dog food, just about anything that... It's just like a food type thing that you would think a raccoon or, or anything would eat. You'll catch a uh, raccoon, possum, skunk, and as I said, I only had uh, I think a dozen of those Duke dog-proof traps set out last night. Not last night, last season, and I caught 51 raccoons last season.
0: Gosh, dude, you're putting a dent in, them, man. Well, hey, seriously, keep up the good fight. Keep spreading the good word about trapping. I think it's uh, it's something a lot of hunters need to take to heart. I think it's you know, vastly improves you know, your habitat and makes it easier for, especially the turkey, man. The turkey, everything wants to kill them, especially when they're on nest and the hens are trying to get that brood up of poults and have a healthy population. But uh Pierce, thanks so much for jumping on the show, man. Pierce Chaney, shout out to him, Oklahoma. Go follow his YouTube channel. And, uh buddy, we appreciate you ha- uh, being on the show tonight, so.
3: No problem. Have a good night.
0: You too, man. You have a good one. Man, that right there, uh, you know, there's a lot of drama and stuff that goes on, you know, as you scroll through these these facebook groups social media uh you know even youtube channels today i mean there's a lot of drama that goes on and it kind of makes you you know lose hope and and think like man you know is, is just this community just a bunch of you know little bickering children talking about you know who shoots tss and who doesn't you know the real the real matter of fact is healthy thriving massive big growing turkey populations and that right there Pierce Cheney, you made my freaking day, buddy. I'm so glad you hopped on the show. One of the youngest guys we've ever interviewed here and to know that he's out there just trapping on his own, making YouTube videos, educating people, you know, loves a deer and turkey hunt. Man, that freak. That that's you can't even put a price on that right there, man. Every kid needs to be out there in the outdoors, whether you're trapping or not. Just, you know, do something to help the outdoors, grow the passion, spread the word. I'm pumped up. What a great, what a great kid. Next caller, Hello. Austin Sanchez, what's going on, dude?
4: What's going on, man?
0: Dude, we are live recording on the Part-Time Hunter. Thanks again for uh for wanting to be on the show, especially on Friday night, man. It's tough to get these turkey hunters to get on the show.
4: <laughs> I hear you.
0: Dude, so we're basically just doing like a, you know, like a call-in show for guys that listen to the podcast, maybe guys that don't, but saw through the turkey group. Just trying to pick people's brains. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm trying not to talk any on the show. You guys, it's your show. Talk about anything turkey hunter related you want to and uh you know, bag limits, season changes across the nation, uh, you know, private versus public. You know, there's a bunch of rabbit holes you can go down, dude. You really just, you know, oh, well, first let's start off with, you know, who you are and what part of the country you're from. We'll start out with that.
4: Well, I'm from East Texas, um, Longview area. Re- um,
0: Rio country?
4: No, actually Eastern.
0: Really? Okay.
4: Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah, once you get past Dallas, which is about two hours west of me, you start getting into the Rios.
0: That's awesome. So, uh, so, so do you guys run into maybe some hybrids when you get closer to the border?
4: May, yeah. Uh, really, to be honest with you, we don't have very many around here. Um, okay. Actually, I don't even have a turkey season.
0: That's crazy. Really? Yes, yeah, sir. Wow. That's wild, man. Yeah, see, so like where I'm from, I'm from North Georgia, dude. It's like, it's like literally like a, a religion around here. It's like turkey hunting is, is humongous.
4: Oh, yeah. Most of the people around me, man, it's duck hunting. That's the that's the huge deal.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'm a big waterfowl guy too. It's just, dude, as soon as, you know, snow geese season rolls through, like conservation season, people going to Arkansas and, and all that stuff, dumping extendos on those, you know, white devils, I'm just like, nah, bro, I'm, I'm full-blown turkey season mode.
4: That's me too, man. I get <laughs> I, I do that conservation
0: stuff. Oh yeah, dude, I, I did it for a couple of years. You know, running out there and getting all muddy, and you know, watching them fly over all day, three miles high, and I was just like, yeah, you know, I could have been, tra- you know, planning out of state trips or doing something else. So, did did you get a chance to go to the NWTF this year?
4: Man, I didn't. I had to work, unfortunately. Um, I. I I kept up with it on social media and everything like that and everybody seemed like everybody said it was a good time and there was a lot of new things that came out this year. I watched the Grand Nationals on YouTube, you know, they posted it live and all that kind of stuff and um I was disappointed I didn't get to go but I just moved back from Florida. I'll oh wow. here so um you know, had to work, didn't have no vacation so or at least save my vacation for turkey
0: season, dude. Yeah, that that's the biggest struggle for us too. I mean, and this especially like you know this show in in particular, the part time hunter, which most of us are. So you know you got to really make those days count, especially in the spring. You know, because so when does uh, educate me? When does Texas turkey season? Like, what's the you know like our starts last week of March goes to like the first second week of May? Like, what what is how is y'all's laid out?
4: So if you're gonna hunt the eastern um you got to go about an hour and a half north of me it opens april 22nd through may 6th
0: wow that's crazy yeah it's
4: it's a about. it used to be a two week season i think they might have lengthened it a little bit this year or numbers came up a little bit up there just a tad um but once you get past dallas it's april 6th through may 6th so uh um, okay they, they got a full month over there
0: um for rios Dude that's wild man so so talk me through like what what's what's the strategy look like cuz i mean you know in my mind texas turkey hunting you know i'm thinking like senderos, scrub brush you know not i mean i i, well, I guess it depends on what part of texas but i imagine the roof trees are kind of you know i guess those turkeys you know acclimate to you know, not having giant pine trees to climb up into like they do here in the southeast. But like, what what is what does their habitat look like that you're hunting in?
4: Um, for rios,
0: well, for for just like where you are at in Texas, like well, is it, is it mountainous or flat or what? What what are you hunting in?
4: Pine wood forest. It looks just like Mississippi. You
0: can you oh can okay,
4: southeast, uh, southeast, south Mississippi. Um, it pine and hardwoods
0: i got you so so it's probably similar to to what i'm used to probably like if you were in south georgia like where it's like sandy ish soil you know big stands of pines kind of flat just like it so okay i'm with you now cool so like that that kind of classic you know hunting the the scrub brush of texas that's in you know like what like west texas i guess or
4: yeah, you start getting into the mesquite trees and all that, and getting past Dallas, San Angelo, San Antonio area. Uh they like to they'll roost on anything out there. Them rios, they're weird, but they'll roost on power lines, cottonwoods, any kind of big tree they can get off the ground or anything they can get off the ground, they'll roost in it
0: dude it's wild man whenever i was uh i haven't turkey hunted texas before but i've been out there for sandhill cranes and stuff in west texas and kind of got a taste of you know that that kind of terrain but uh when i was chasing rios in kansas on my my first trip to kansas when we got our ass whooped uh i I was noticing that rios man they they sound off sometimes and it's still like completely pitch dark like i was i was getting out of my tent about to put another shirt on and you know you hear one sound off i'm just like whoa whoa what is wrong with that guy? Because I mean that that's not typical of an Eastern where I'm from. You know, usually you know when it's cracking and you know maybe you got an hour or something that sounds off, it'll make him go a little early. But I mean, it was almost four in the morning whenever whenever that Rio sounded off, and I was like, what the heck? <laughs>
4: I mean, there was one time we were hunting some public ground, and there ain't very much of it here in Texas to hunt turkeys on. But okay, it was shoot, it was midnight, and we were out there. And a storm hit, and a thunderbolt came down, and it thundered real loud, and six of them sounded off. Wow. And um, it was one of my first time hunting Rios, and uh, my buddy, he he hunt, hunted them all the time. I said, do they do that all the time? And he's like, yeah. I was like, well... <laughs> The easterns were normally, like you said, they don't do that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, sh- I mean, if I mean, I've had one do it in like a crazy thunderstorm, but usually the the woods are pretty quiet until you know you hear that first you know tweet start chirping off, and you know you, the sun's barely cracking, and maybe a good barred owl gives them a, woof, 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 and then you know it fires them off. But yeah, I mean. Yeah, you know, I was still putting pants on, getting out of the tent when that thing hammered off. But I was like, "That guy's that guy's in a different time zone, or I'm somewhere different." Yeah. So, do you have any like what's your what's your turkey hunting tip or strategy you could pass along to a listener, whether he's a you know seasoned veteran or maybe he's a young kid? This is first spring. Like, what what's your what's your turkey tip for us?
4: Oh, uh, calling less is more. I like it. Yeah. yeah don't don't call. As much as attempting as it is, it it scares them more than anything. Um, you know, most people, they'll get him to gobble, and they'll want to he- keep hearing him gobble, and then he goes quiet, and then they're like, well, he ain't coming no more. Well, he, you know, he's gone. Well, about 95% of the time, whenever they're moving to you, they shut up, and they don't talk no more. Yep. You know, Normally you need to give them about thirty minutes. I give them normally an hour. Sometimes they'll sit around there, they'll strut, and then he'll get real curious. And the next thing you know, you're like, "What's that walking through the leaves?" And it's a, it's him, or he gobbles, you know, just over the ridge from here, over the little hill. That um, that is the most. If 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 I would have known that my younger days of turkey hunting, I would have killed way more turkeys. Whenever, uh, back whenever I was first starting, because I mean, I would just raise cane at him the whole time they Oh yeah, shut up and they would shut up and then they wouldn't come. And I'm like, well, he ain't coming. And the next thing you know, I walked by the exact tree I was on and there is fresh tracks, you know, so patience and, and don't call a lot.
0: That's a really good. That's a really good strategy, dude. Especially, you know, that's most of the scenarios here in in you know the opening weekend, opening week of turkey season for us in Georgia. So, you know, a lot of hens, a lot of hen up action. Uh, you know, my strategy is mostly to be quiet, especially when they get off the limb. You know, kind of let I, I say let the let the morning play out. See what see what the situation is. Feel that turkey's temperature. You know, maybe you could pull off a subordinate bird here and there, but, you know, mostly you've got a lot of hind up longbeards at the very, very beginning. Uh, and that's, there's a lot that goes into that weather dependent, hunting pressure, private land. Cause in Georgia, you know, for the last three years, public lands closed for the first two weeks. So you've got a lot of, you know, non-pressured private land birds. So yeah, I mean, don't, don't, uh, great tip from Austin there. Don't, don't rush, don't rush the morning, let stuff develop uh i got a tip from mike pentecost of woodhaven a couple years ago at NWTF. got to interview him on my youtube channel and uh his just like you said man he he spelled out the word patience he said if you can cluck and kill him if you can purr and kill him kill him like that he said you don't have to feed him the whole you know kitchen sink you know right off the limb or while he's on the limb so yeah great great tip man awesome dude seriously thanks for being on the show Uh, I like doing these, you know, I get to talk to, I I just talked to a dude in New Jersey. So, you know, Turkey hunting is nationwide. It's a really good community. It's a good way to reach, you know, reach guys and network. You got any cool plans you're doing? Are you going to do any traveling for Turkey season? Are you going to stay in Texas?
4: No, we're going to go to, I'm going to go to Florida. Um, I got a, I'm fortunate enough to have a private land piece down there, about a thousand acres. And I got, and so, uh, we, uh, from what my camera seems, we got about twenty different long beards. So
0: Jesus, wow! Well, I'm glad I got your phone number, so I won't be sharing it. But yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's great. If you ever get lonely and want a camera guy, I will hop in the truck and go with you. So, <laughs> how far?
4: Uh, what part of South Georgia are you from?
0: Oh, well, I'm, I'm not South Georgia. I've got some buddies down there. I was just relating that to kind of where where you live, kind of the same territory. I'm up in North Georgia, so everybody knows where. Uh, you know, like Nashville. Down from Nashville, you got Chattanooga. That's right on the the you know Georgia Tennessee line. I'm in Dalton, yep. so I'm just right here in the corner.
4: Oh, okay, right there over there by uh, where Dave Owens is.
0: Yeah, I'm not super far. D- Dave Owens is from Somerville, I think. So he's probably his hometown's like 45 minutes from me. So I'm not I'm not too far. Man, I was kind of disappointed. He got third place. Man, I thought he did really good.
4: Yeah, they they cheat him every year. It seems like man, I just. I listen to him every year and he is one of the is if not the best. He's great. Ever. He's, yeah. He's
0: now, now I'm not trying to stroke Dave Owens' ego or nothing. I think he gets enough of that. But I I mean he's a great guy. I've met him in you know, obviously in Nashville. But yeah, I mean if you if you truly do sit down and listen to his his calling in the Grand Nationals, the dude's now is just straight he's a straight up turkey. I mean, like there's no <laughs> I mean, he's he's freak he's great. He's great at what he yeah. does.
4: He is insane.
0: He's but, nuts. Um,
4: but yeah, no, I, I'm gonna go down there. I'll be down. Um, season opens up March 16th. We're gonna go down there. Head down there the 15th. I'm gonna stay till the 23rd or 24th or something like that. Hopefully, I can get my two, my girlfriend, her two, and uh, all right. If we're, you know, we're just outside of Gainesville, so if. If you're serious about it, I might hit you up and let you come down there and kill one of them Maciolas.
0: Oh, buddy, that's that's literally the last. I would have a I would have my sleigh, and that's the last one I've been waiting on. So, who don't tempt me with a good time because I'll hop in this Tacoma and I'll be headed south. So, <laughs> yeah. I and and what's crazy is this turkey season for me. You know, I've, I've said this a million times on the podcast, but I've got a baby coming in late June, so I'm trying to get it all in. My biggest trip this year is to Virginia, so I'm going to try to hit the East Coast for sure, like a like a four day weekend, but yeah, dude. No, no, uh, no, lie. You know that's uh, <laughs> we we may have to talk after the show. But, dude, hey, seriously, uh, thanks for being on the show on a Friday night. I know it's tough, and uh, I really appreciate you jo- joining and listening to the show. Tell them your uh, social media so they can go follow you.
4: Um, Instagram is Austin J Sanchez twenty eight, and uh, Facebook is Austin.J.Sanchez, um, I'm on there a pretty good amount. It's ducks, turkey, deer—anything you can think of fishing. So, um, but yeah,
0: I love it, dude. Hey, seriously, thanks again, buddy. And uh, you guys have a great weekend, and uh, and be safe while you're traveling. And uh, yeah, shoot me text about them uh, Osceola Indian birds. I'd like to talk about it. So, yes, sir.
4: Yep. Anytime, man.
0: All right, buddy. Y'all have a good one. Okay. Ooh, Austin, awesome. better not be tempting me with a with a plane ticket down there to uh, check on some private land. Osceola birds, oof, Candace would uh, eat me alive. But, you know, that's what's cool about me. When you get down to it, guys, all these guys that we have on the podcast, whether they're scheduled guests or we do these listener shows, you know, we're just, we're just, everybody's the same, man. Most, most of the time, you know, there are a few, you know, I would say oddballs, but yeah, for the most, you know, people love the wild turkey. They love traveling. They love chasing these animals. They love meeting guys that like chasing the animals. They like networking, connecting. You make friendships, swap hunts. That's what this is all about, man. That's, that's what makes it so much fun is to relive moments, share tips and tactics, uh, and do it the right way. Austin, thanks so much for being on the show, and uh, let's go to the next caller. Hello. Mr. Dan Newton, how you doing?
5: This is him. How's it going, man?
0: Dude, we are live recording on the part-time hunter podcast and i appreciate you making time to be up on here especially on a friday night i know it's tough
5: yeah absolutely man uh this is is what we do i love it it.
0: i love it so tell guys out there who you are and what part of the country you're from
5: all right yeah name's dan newton um I'm, i'm living in southeast pa we don't really have too many birds down here in southeast pa so I make about a two-hour trek up north. on hunt uh, northeast PA. Um, that's my stomping grounds for turkey mainly.
0: Dude, I love it, man. So when does y'all's uh, when does y'all season come in?
5: We come in like I would say very last weekend in uh, April, or like very first weekend in May. Uh, our you? season comes in a week before? Are uh, you season's pretty cool here? Uh, comes in a week before, and then everything shuts down for a week straight, and then um, you know the regular the regular season starts a week later. So gives birds a little bit of a break after that youth season.
0: Dude, that's wild, man. I, I literally would probably go insane if I had to wait that long. Just because, I mean, you know, I mean, used to like when I was growing up. Turkey season in Georgia was always the third Saturday in March ever since I was born, and then they recently changed it three years ago to where it's it used to be the first week in April, and then this year they switched it back to the last Saturday in March. So, yeah, we uh, Georgia weather's kind of weird, man. You know, you wait ten minutes and something else. So it could either be where you're wearing you know like your Drake waterfowl jacket under your turkey vest, or you could be out there in you know a super lightweight you know ninja suit chasing after them in, in mosquitoes. So. You don't really know what you're going to get. But, yeah, dude, yeah, that's a, that's crazy. So, like, this time of year, is it still, like, full-blown winter where you're at, I'm assuming?
5: Yes, sir. It, it is, uh, you know, snow on the ground around
0: oh here. Oh, my gosh. Know.
5: All the, uh, you know, small ski slopes are still open. Wow. And, um, yeah, we're, we're in full-blown winter. But, um, I mean, it's, 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 you know, flick of a switch up here with weather. I, I don't know what it's like too much down there in Georgia, but – uh you know our like you said our mornings you could you could go out in your drape waterfowl you know outfit but you ain't walking out in that you know what i mean uh, oh yeah you know, by, by, by noon you're fighting off the of mosquitoes so i can relate to you uh you know in that way a lot that that's what it's like around here uh flick of a switch it, it'll start to warm up usually as so, soon as things start to bud it starts to get green then the birds will start gobbling and uh we'll be in full bloom spring
0: that's awesome, man. So what? So what's the terrain, in like, like, are you in like the mountainous part of Pennsylvania, or is it like real flat, or what, what? kind of country y'all hunting up there?
5: Yes, sir. We're we're hunting the mountains, the Appalachian Mountains. So the Appalachian Mountains run, you know, right right through uh, Central Pennsylvania and uh, right around towards the northeast. So I'm hunting, hunting up in the mountains. Um, that's that's where our birds live. They don't they don't they don't fare too well uh, down in the valleys uh you know we we call them valley hunters uh basically anyone that's that's hunting flat flat ground um nothing lasts very long uh around here if it talks and it's on flat ground it's you know easily (laughs) easily accessible yeah. our our, our birds flee to the flee into the mountains you gotta you gotta you know get after them walk after them or just have a good piece of property but um yeah
0: so, so so it's like chasing the taliban up in the mountains you got to go go and find them where they're where they're hiding that man yeah i can really relate to that dude like you know some of these mountain birds here um uh, you know and like the guys that i talked to on the podcast and if they're like you know south florida or i just talked to a dude in texas of course his, his uh his habitat was kind of similar to south georgia big standing pine trees and, and sandy soil and flat but yeah when you when you talk mountain birds i mean you're like you know, you could go out to Colorado and chase Merriam's. You know, Nebraska has some mountains. But I, I really don't think there's anything quite like, you know, the Appalachian, uh, you know, where I'm at, the, the, the Blue Ridge Mountains. You know, the, chasing those mountain birds is special because, I mean, you could be on a bird and think you've got him. You know, you think you got him figured out, and you're on this little finger ridge, and you're like, I got this dude. He's going to pitch right to me, and boom, he flies, he flies the, the holler, and he's gone. So it's just like, you know, it, you gotta really, you got to really be on your game on those mountain birds for sure
5: yeah absolutely we experience that a lot you know they'll, they'll be in front of you and next thing you know they're behind you the birds around here like i said they uh you know at least the ones that i'm able to get after um you know they they talk as, as seldom as they need to um you know pressures everything we do have good bobcat population we do have a good coyote population we do have a good fisher population our um you know, our our hunting force is is immense. So, you know, anything past two and a half years old has learned it is not very wise to open your mouth. Um, so, if you can get one talking, you know that that's a great thing. I think that's the key to one of my successes. is, is just, It's just patience. Just sitting down. I might hear a bird, um, you know, and and I'll just hold my ground for two hours, three hours. Wow. You know, I'll, 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 yeah, I'll hear him out there if he responds especially like i know he's heard me and that that's a hunt it's very boring i always tell people you know it's not fun it's very rewarding there's a difference that's um, true that's true yeah it is not a fun hunt at least the way that i hunt him in pa you can run gun and you can go after him, but the name of the game around here is pressure once the bird is pressured um you're gonna have a hard time getting on them but if you can hunt an unpressured bird if you can watch a bird for example the day before do something again you know safety is huge around here if they did something the day before and survived they will do it again the next day and they will keep doing that so you know i I love to get close to them on the roost but that's not my favorite thing to do i like to catch them later in the morning see where they're at naturally just kind of, you know, stay away from them, don't pressure them and then hunt them the next day. If I can string together two days, you know, I, lo- I love the name, you know, the name of the, uh, the, the show here. Uh, you know, if I can string together two days, that, that's a big deal for me. That's a huge advantage for me. I'm just getting out on Saturdays and, um, something that I did last year for the first time. I, I really wanted to get my, my seven year old daughter on a bird it was the first time I took her out hunting, um, for the first time ever feel how you want to feel about it but i ran trail cameras trying to find trying to find birds okay because i didn't want her you know i didn't want her trekking all over the mountain and i you know i, I wanted to you know find her a, a bird that was working a bird that was in the area and you know just go there sit down you know bring him in and um i learned a lot man i learned a whole heck first time ever that i ever tried to run trail cameras specifically for turkeys turkey quarters turkey um you know, strut zones and, and things of that nature. And it, I would say last year was the best year that I ever had. And my daughter never, never pulled the trigger, but I mean, she was on birds and we were surrounded by birds every single time we went out.
0: That's awesome. Uh,
5: That that would be a huge, you know, recommendation of mine, if anyone's, you know, a part-time hunter like myself and, and you can rarely get out. Um, my recommendation would be to run run some cameras you learn a lot and i mean they are patternable i would see the same birds between you know 10 and 12 and i would i would know to stay away from that area right and oh, not yeah. you know I, I didn't want to get in there at four thirty in the morning i didn't want to bust anything off the roost or or change anything up so i would hunt completely different area you know now now i'm uh you know maximizing my opportunity at maybe two different birds and and then uh you know sneak in there at about eight thirty nine, and you know wait between 10 and 12 and you know here they come and uh you know just subtle clucks you know subtle uh purrs is, is all it takes around here again you get a response you know you might want to just just shut it up and let them come find you and they did it, it was a great season last year but uh she, she wasn't successful i was able to get on. you know the two birds we're only allowed two birds here um so you know i use the tss i make count you know i do i do all that stuff um i only take about two shots a year
0: (laughs) oh yeah that's all it takes
5: but uh yeah i I make sure i'm I'm using you know the best stuff that i could possibly use and it's 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 very rewarding to to shoot a bird in pa I've, i've hunted you know neighboring states maryland um And just just a little little bit different bird, just a little bit more confident bird than than here in PA. They come in on a string a little bit better. um, In my experiences in Maryland versus PA mountain birds, definitely a wary bird.
0: Dude, that that's such a good tip, and I'm glad you said that on the show because I think turkey hunters take woodsmanship for granted because you know, like you said, you know, when the turkeys. You know, has less pressure and they're they're more vocal. I mean, that's what you know. That, I think that's what draws people to turkey hunting is the interaction. And you know, so, sometimes you can come come home after a hunt and have had such a good encounter with a bird and interacted with him on a call. You feel like you got something out of it. But in this case, you really got to go back to your hunting roots and scout the bird sign. You know, to use trail cameras to your advantage. Find out what they're doing at ten thirty, what they're doing at three thirty in the afternoon. Get on those birds when they're coming off of hens Timing is everything especially when you are A part time hunter and uh, Woodsmanship guys woodsmanship Turkey hunting will make you a better hunter In everything waterfowl you know Big game small game whatever but Woodsmanship is such a skill That I think us as turkey hunters Take for granted make sure you, you carry that in your turkey Vest every time you go so Don't forget your your wood skills it, You know just like he's saying man it'll, it'll pay Off for sure
5: absolutely yeah, I'll tell you what makes you a better hunter, too, you know, uh, uh, only getting out part-time. I only get out seven, eight times a year. If I, if I could get out, you know, a season, we have about a month-long season. If I could get out more times, I would probably play that game with them a little more. I know how rewarding it is to converse with a bird and, you know, get a bird hammered. But that's not the way to kill them here, in my opinion. Like I said, I try to explain to, you know, people I take hunting with me and, and guys I'm with that, it, it, you know it's it's not not as fun as you think it's going to be if you, if you want to be successful you're not going to talk as much you're not going to hit that you know hundred dollar call that you bought you know as <laughs> as, as, mu- as much as you like if yep. he responds you know if he responds he knows you're there he knows the exact tree that you are at you know oh yeah you know just let him come let him come searching for you if you want to give him some soft tucks and purrs you know, go ahead and do that but um yeah, that, that makes me just want to be successful getting out the few times that I get out, and uh, it really makes me bear down. You know, n- not move a lot. Don't knock my birds around. Don't push my birds around in the area I'm in, and, and hunker down and just let them come find me, and uh, game over.
0: I love it, dude. I love it, dude. Hey, thanks so much for being on the show, Dan. Uh, seriously, I know it's it's tough going in the weekend. Uh, you guys have a safe, successful spring season. Send me some pictures if you, if you get on a bird, especially if you get your daughter a bird. That's so awesome. I wish you guys the best of luck. And uh, and you guys have a great weekend, man. Thanks for being a part of the show.
5: Yeah, absolutely. We wish you guys the best of luck. You'll probably be getting started a little bit before us. Maybe even if you trickle down there south a little bit in the Florida, you'll be getting started real early. So, yeah, you guys, uh, all, you know, everyone watching the show, ha- have a great season. And uh, first and foremost, stay safe.
0: Let's do it, buddy. Well, Dan, you guys have a great weekend and we'll talk to you later, buddy. What a uh, what a great tip. Uh, you know, that just goes to show you, you know, there there's turkeys in every state, and you can chase them, you know, in the habitat they're in, but you gotta be adaptable. So if you're going out of state, not just you know, Pennsylvania, but there's definitely other states and especially public land that gets pressured like that too. So very very good strategy very very conservative on a call you know it, just like dan said if you get a bird to absolutely you trip his trigger and he's pow, and you get that response the turkeys he's just like he said man it is scientifically proven they can they know exactly within like 10 feet of where you're actually at making that noise they are masters of hearing and eyesight turkey that's how they survive so yeah i mean if you get a bird to respond you know, and, that, and, and that's even good if you've got a bird that's just, you know, gobbling it. You know, if you've got a lead pencil on a dip can and you're making it scratch and he's sounding off. You know, don't just give him the kitchen sink the whole hunt. You know, some birds don't like that. You know, but let him be let him be anxious and curious and come find you. And, uh, man, that's a that's a great tip. Dan, thanks again for being on the show, man. I wish you guys the best. I hope you and your daughter get on a bird this year. Document it. Send us a picture. I would love to see an update. And uh, let's go to the next caller. What's going on, Daniel? Mr. Julian Young, how you doing, man? I'm doing all right. We are live on the Part-Time Hunter podcast. And first of all, thanks so much for making time to be on the show on a Friday night. I know it's hectic, different time zones. We've been to Texas, Florida, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. We've been all over in the show. So making the rounds now. Let Just introduce yourself and tell the guys uh, what part of the country you're out of
6: so yeah my name is uh julian young i am out of wisconsin um been turkey hunting for about 17 years now started at eight years old in the blind with my dad uh you know um always wanted to kind of advance in turkey hunting so pretty self-taught for the most part and ended up uh going down to florida to guide hunts for osceolas and from there tennessee and Kentucky up in Ohio and guiding hunts eventually here at home in Wisconsin a little bit for some uh, money on the side and learning how to hunt turkeys in the woods and, you know, the southern culture of turkey hunting and just meeting awesome people from the sport and, I guess, falling in love with it all over again, really.
0: Dude, that's killer, man. Wisconsin's definitely on my bucket list to to do because, like, y'all season goes till – does it? Is that the state that goes till almost June – no, that's Michigan. Michigan, okay, yeah, but but yeah, but Wisconsin. Mich- goes Michigan has late. a
6: long, yeah, Michigan has a long season.
0: Okay, yeah, and then there was something I can't remember if it was Shane Simpson or somebody on YouTube I was watching where he was like, you can get a is it is it Wisconsin? You can get an over the counter tag pretty easy as an outer state guy.
6: Uh, yeah, later in the season. So um, okay, most of the time the first. So our season actually goes by a, a weekly structure.
0: Oh, so we have
6: it. We have A, B, C, D, E, and F. And uh, most of the time periods A through D deal sell out pretty quick, so uh, a guy can get his hands on a period E or F tag pretty easily.
0: Dude, that's cool. So, so you said you, you were guiding out of a uh, what? What part of Tennessee were you in? Uh, so we were over by um, what's the word or what's the town? Um, Whitwell. Whitwell, dude, you you weren't far from me at all. No, that's crazy. So I'm out I'm at, a, I'm at Dalton, so I'm like 20 minutes south of Chattanooga so okay yeah okay so not for, so when i go uh when i went to nashville we drove right through whitwell so that's not that's not far at all man that's crazy you're right here so 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 you were guiding you know osceola's and and, and, and obviously eastern's you know through the southeast and, and where you're at in uh, wisconsin did you see uh you know what what's the main differences that you saw because the osceola we just talked to a dude that is going to uh to his his place uh, very soon, him and his girlfriend are going to try to tag some uh, Osceolas. And what's the biggest difference as you, like, you know, obviously hunting them, but as a guide, when you're guiding people, the main differences in the attitudes and, you know, like just how the demeanor is between an Osceola and an Eastern, what what would you say?
6: Uh, I'd say that an Osceola is definitely a more wily bird. Um, I don't know if I'd say they're smarter, but... Just more cautious, you know, I think they have a lot more predators down there where they're at, Um, you know, they don't really deal with people as much, you know, Eastern's up here where I hunt, you know, they see farmers, they see cars, you know, they see vehicles, they see people walking their dogs all the time, you know, so they're just used to people. Those Osceolas, and especially with all the development now, you know, they're getting pushed farther and farther back into the thick stuff and where people don't really go and, you know they just can't see like the big fields and open woods we have up here and uh just they're crafty, man. I don't know what to say. Uh, we put we uh, we hunted over decoys when we could, and that didn't really seem to work a lot of the time. It seems you kind of had to get in front of them a little more, as opposed to just waiting for them to come to you. Okay. And uh, one one key thing I did notice, though, it seems like they roost in the same tree uh, quite a bit more than easterns do. The exact wow. same tree every night, and you can count on them to be back there that afternoon.
0: That's crazy. That, that that's a really good tip too. So if if you can if you can you know somehow you know scouting or if you do you know encounter one in the morning if you're on public you know if you're lucky enough to not have somebody else find it too obviously but if you're on private or public sounds like you know if you know you found the roost area and you didn't bug them up too bad sounds like you may be in the money in the cards the next morning. So,
6: yeah, yeah, man, no doubt about it. I mean, uh, one morning we even boogered two times out of the trees and we sat there for 14 hours in the blind. What? And, uh, <laughs> and they came back about half an hour before uh, my buddy Barry ended up having to go back to Kentucky and he got his two birds.
0: Wow, dude, that's crazy. Yeah, dude. So, like, selfishly, and Osceola is on my bucket list because that's the last one. I, I'm not a big single slam guy just because, you know, I mean, obviously the name of the show, Part Time Hunter. I have a job, family, soon to have a kid in late June, and uh, yeah, so we got to make the most of vacation days, and the Osceola is on my list to finish the slam, so one day I'm going to get it done, I'm going to have the nuts to go down there in South Florida and... And try my hand. But, dude, man, South Florida, dude, I just like what you said, when you're tromping through the woods down there, public land, like, dude, there's so much crap down there that just wants to kill you too. It's <laughs> just so yeah, much stuff.
6: I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Being a Wisconsin boy, uh, I'd be lying if I said snakes
0: weren't on my mind the whole time I was oh, down there, man. Oh, yeah, dude. Not just snakes. Like, yeah, well, snakes for sure. But, the, you know, I, I've seen those. I'm sure everybody has seen them. But those videos of dudes setting up, you know, decoys and they're in a blind and they're in some, you know, whatever – you know, palm thicket or whatever they're sitting in and freaking Swamp Panther comes out and, and molests their decoys. I'm just like, I'm not about that. You know, we don't have yeah. that. So. Yeah,
6: that and I'll, I'll tell you what, man, the ants.
0: You got to oh. watch out
6: for the ants down there. The red ones, whew.
0: Oh, yeah, screw that. I mean, especially, yes. I, I can imagine, like, being pumped up and hearing one just pow. And you're like, right here, that sit right here. And your ass sits in, like, you know, the trail of a the beginning of an ant mound. I can just imagine that.
6: Oh, yeah. It doesn't take you long to find out.
0: <laughs> oh, Lord, yeah. Just one more reason for me to think about going down there. So, tell me, you know, as, as your experience guiding, like, I'm sure you've got a really good mix of, you know, all kind of clients. Like, you know, your first-time dudes, you know, and, you know, your seasoned guys, too. Like, what like what what, what was that like dealing with, like, super, super green turkey hunters? Sh- you know, the client the client
6: makes the trip for themselves just as much as the guide makes it for them. That's true. I mean, ultimately, you know, the guide is there to do his best job for you whenever he can. You know, a lot of people, I think, pay for a guided hunt, and they think it means that They're going to kill something when, (laughs) you know, I, you know, I would love it if it was that way, but I'd say, you know, come killing with me, not hunting. And, (laughs) you you know, there, there are people that come into the hunt and they're enthusiastic and ecstatic the whole time. And they're a pleasure to be in the woods with, you know, no matter what their skill level is. And, you know, you're, you really want to get them a bird and when it pans out great, but you know, sometimes it doesn't, you know, you have an older guy who, can't you know run and gun like he used to be able to or you know whatever reason it just doesn't pan out and then of course you have the people that you know like i said you know they pay for a guided hunt and they expect to kill and as soon as something on the first morning doesn't you know the bird doesn't gobble off the roost and fly right into their lap they're upset the whole time and the mood kind (laughs) of starts on a little downward slope and uh you know as the guy that's like, you know, you're paying me and I want to take care of you, but you could make this a lot easier for both of us if you just kept your chin up and, you know, I'm going to try to get a bird in front of you.
0: Yeah, dude. I mean, and, and I wish you guys had the attitude of, hey, you know, if I wasn't paying for this and if I was going to, you know, tough down on public land, there's no guarantees there either. So, you know, private versus public, you know, yeah, I mean, private, you know, in your head, you're like, ah, oh, you know, less pressure, whatever. But at the end of the day, they're still wild animals. They're still, you know, there's a success rate for a reason. Not everybody gets one. So yeah, just just be be realistic, guys. If you're with a guide, you know, if he's nice enough to to try to you know try his best to get you on a bird, <laughs> you know, definitely stay positive. I mean, it's <laughs> it, it definitely makes it better on both of you for sure. <laughs>
6: Yeah, it's uh, it's also a little easier when they're an experienced turkey hunter, man. I'll, uh, oh, yeah, dude, like ter- I'll, I'll, I'll turkey say hunting, that too.
0: Turkey hunting with a dude that knows what he's doing, uh, you know, you can just bounce ideas off, and it's I, yeah, I, I, I always like that too.
6: That makes the job a lot easier, and it's uh, it's a little more fun. You feel like there's two guys, you know, kind of coming together and making up a plan. As opposed to one guy leading and one guy following, and I'm a big believer in teamwork, so that's always a big one for me.
0: Oh yeah, because I mean, we we had my buddy Will on last night, uh, the episode that aired this morning. This is this is Friday, so this episode will be out Monday. But uh, yeah, there was a hunt we we recounted where there was a bird goblin, you know, a good 500 yards away across a river, and you know, we both were like, hey, you know, do you want to go? You want to go after that bird? He's the only game in town right now, or do you want to be conservative and kind of see if anything fires up behind us? And, you know, we both talked it out. It was like, hey, if we commit, we don't know what side of the river he's on. You know, we could screw ourselves out of other opportunities. A big property we're on, so let's just, you know, hang back. And it ultimately ended up in a double. So if we'd have chased that other bird, we'd have been 500 yards further away and using binoculars to see what we missed out on. So, yeah, dude, definitely having to do there to bounce stuff off of in situations – Oh, man, it's a, <laughs> it can sometimes make the hunt, for sure. So No doubt about it. So t- tell, me a, tell me a crazy guided hunt story for the podcast. So, something either funny oh. or something incredible that happened or an experience or any, anything, in your opinion, you, you want to share. There, there, and there's you probably know, a ton to pick from. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's really
6: what I'm going for here, man. <laughs> I, I'm trying to pick one out of the hat here. There's two or three that I'm kind of tossing around back and forth in my head. Oh, uh, I guess if there was one, it'd have to be that one I mentioned earlier where that one, that one gentleman from Kentucky, Mr. Barry and I, uh, we'd been hunting. I think it was his, th- it was his last day. It was his third day. And, uh, we kind of had the idea about where some birds were, you know, uh, we'd kind of been in their area, but just couldn't quite make it happen. Couldn't quite get it just right. And, you know, being a guide, you're uh, you're pushing yourself pretty hard, and uh, you know clients are there on vacation, and guides don't get to go to sleep till the clients go to bed. Everybody out there listening, remember that. <laughs> and uh, we've been doing that for the last couple months, and we're getting up at four thirty in the morning. So <sighs> on uh, on morning number twenty, whatever it was, we headed out there and uh, got set up beneath the roost on this probably a 10,000 acre cattle farm we were hunting on and set the blind up and put the decoys out and got all tucked in. And, you know, I just uh, couldn't help but being the 24-year-old I was at the time, whipped my phone out, and uh, we heard two birds bust off the roof right over our head. Oh, and shit. <laughs> to be generous. Let's, let's just say Mr. Barry didn't have the kindest of words for me. And, uh... <laughs> So he, he muttered something to me that I won't repeat. And I just kind of sat there and, you know, swallowed my tongue a little bit. And, uh, you know, we ended up sitting out there until about noon and, uh, man, it was hot that day. It probably got up to about 85 degrees and the blind wasn't in the shade. We were baking. Oh, Jesus. Um, left at about noon, headed to the gas station five minutes away, grabbed a couple waters, got back in the blind. Mr. Berry laid down and took a nap and was sawing some logs. And then, uh, <laughs> about, about half an hour before shooting time, we hear, uh, a couple putts, you know, just gobbler putts, kind of looking for the, the rest of the crew. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, here they come from out of nowhere on, uh, palmetto thicket about 35 yards away and, Mr. Barry gets lined up and I said, Hey, shoot the one on the left first and then shift to the right. You'll get both of them. And he proceeded to do just that. And man, I jumped out of my chair and gave that dude such a big hug. I never hugged a damn near stranger so hard.
0: (laughs) Oh my God, dude. I freaking, (laughs) that's great.
6: Yeah. After that, after that day in the blind, that grueling day in the blind sitting there watching him snore, man, I was, I was jacked up and I've, I've gotten to the point where I take, you know, I take some younger guys out and I take a lot of new hunters out turkey hunting and man, when I shoot one, I mean, I'm not going to say it's not special anymore, but it sure ain't special. Like when somebody gets their first bird, man.
0: Oh yeah. No, well, especially, I mean, well, I, I would say most of the time, especially Florida, I mean, Osceola's. I mean, they, they have the, obviously they have the the monopoly on that subspecies, but you know most guys that especially guided you know people are scared of well, maybe not scared but intimidated of the public land grind so they do mostly go private in, in, you know from what i've seen but yeah i mean you're you're taking guys and that's the first osceola they've ever laid hands on it's a really special time i mean heck from just where i'm at it's over you know 16 17 hours drive you know maybe yeah so absolutely i mean it's it's a, a, it's yep. a commitment
6: the amount of money some of these guys are paying for the Osceola hunts, Ooh. too. I mean, it, it, it really puts the pressure on you as the guide. I mean, you got guys coming from all over the country, you know, they their, you know, once in maybe every 10-year chance at an Osceola. Or, oh, yeah. You know, Once-in-a-lifetime chance, and, you know, these guys are coming to scratch it off. their 49, and you feel responsible, and I'd like to say I did a pretty good job, but, of course, you know not everything ends in a magical fashion, but
0: that's true. But I think that's uh, what makes it so special though. Like once it does come together and you're there to share the moment, that's what, that's what, that's what's cool about it, dude. So I've got this, let me, let me run this through your noggin. So (laughs) I've always thought, what if somebody went down there with a devious plan to just fill a cattle trailer full of these bastards? I mean, just netted just 20 of them, Osceola toms and just took them somewhere in the Southeast and then started a colony of of Osceola somewhere. You know, what, isn't that surprising? Somebody hadn't done that yet.
6: You know what, man i I ain't never thought about that, and I call that a damn good idea.
0: I think we should go find us a cattle trail. No, I'm, I'm just kidding, guys. Mister Green Jeans, I'm joking. That's illegal. Uh, but I mean, I have always thought like, because it, it seems to be just a definite line of you know, I mean, there's Osceola County, and I guess like the Orlando area. I'm not sure what the cutoff is, but. It's almost like you do truly start seeing, you know, the eastern and then boom. I I guess it's it's because of habitat too because the Osceola is, you know, from what I've seen and heard and read, smaller body, not as robustly built because there's not as much food sources and, you know, just where they live is so harsh that they're a smaller, you know, swamp turkey is what I would call them. But it, it just seems so surprising that they haven't ventured out. And I guess turkeys don't migrate, but I'm just like, damn. You know, they have the monopoly. Why haven't somebody capitalized on that?
6: Yeah, that's uh, that's exactly it, man. They're a pretty small bird. You know, they got a, a small body cavity, and uh, they got some really long legs. You know, I think it's to kind of keep them above a lot of that tall grass and marshy stuff they travel through, and they seem to be pretty nomadic birds. You know, they do a lot of wandering during the day. Um, I think a lot more than Easterns do in particularly. Um, you know, like you said, marsh birds, I've noticed even back in Wisconsin, when I'm hunting birds near some of these big marshes, their spurs get a lot longer. And I don't know if it's cause they're not scraping them off on rocks or, you know, there's no, not as much abrasion as there are on some other species in their habitat, but, uh, you know, um, definitely a different bird. And as far as moving them somewhere, you know, we, we as turkey hunters are, we're going to miss the Osceolas because one day they're not going to be there and uh, their home, their home range is shrinking pretty quick. I, uh, I'm acquainted with some guys down from Florida that are, uh, you know, pretty into the conservation scene and, you know, they're all posting on their social media that in a few more years, there's probably not going to be so many Osceolas, you know, and, uh, you got a lot of guys selling Osceola hunts too. And like you mentioned, there's definitely a pretty definite line um you know having hunted both now it's pretty easy for me to spot the difference obviously the black wingtips are a good thing to look for and uh you know all turkeys have a pretty irresistant or er, not irresistant iridescent pattern on their breast feathers but man you look at an osseola in the sun and it just lights up in a way that's different from any other turkey
0: that's so badass dude it, it, it makes me I don't know if it's the right attitude or not, but it makes me get, like, a sense of urgency to try to go down there. But then, then again, you know, I, on the conservation side of me, it's like, damn, you know, I wish that could go on for 20 years instead of just a couple. But, you know, like, what if, you know, maybe maybe somebody could pitch to either Turkeys for Tomorrow or NWTF, maybe, maybe the cattle trailer idea, but maybe take them to, like, Louisiana would be kind of similar to what they're used to. Maybe they could thrive there instead of – you know, maybe the swamps of Florida, maybe the swampland of Louisiana might work. I don't know, just kind of spitballing, but I, I wish so, somebody would step in, you know, biology wise to, you know, maybe fight for the Osceola. So we'll see. Yeah,
6: you you know, Georgia, South Carolina, any of those southern coastal states with big pine plantations, I think that'll be great habitat for those Osceolas, honestly.
0: Oh, man. If you, oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah. If you went to like Savannah or just like you said, you know, you know, especially South Carolina, uh, a lot less predators, probably, than the swamps of South Florida, and they would probably thrive there. So, yeah, that's a man that's really interesting. Maybe, maybe we should pitch that dude and come up with a million dollar idea. I'm all for it. <laughs> well, uh, uh, Julian, dude, thanks so much for being on the show. Freaking, I love talking about this stuff, man. And uh, if if you want to be on the show and just do a Julian episode, we might have to cook that up because I, I feel like you got a lot more cool guide stories. We can hey man into. that that'd be a pleasure i got all kinds of wild stories i'm down brother well hey seriously thanks again for the time friday night I, I tell all these guys that's been on the show tonight it means a lot and uh thanks for tuning in and uh buddy you have a great rest of your weekend or a start to your weekend
6: yeah sure thing man you when you want to come
0: knock wisconsin off that list you give me a shout Cool, oh, buddy uh hey i i may i may be doing that because that's I'd love to go that far north. We went to Nodak for duck season, and I was like, man, you know, the turkey hunter in me, I was like, oh, there's a state here. There's a state, you know, as, as we made our way deep north. But, yeah, dude, that'd be dope. That'd be dope, brother. Well, you guys have a great weekend, and uh, catch this episode on Monday. You'll be, you'll be in it. So, Man, what a cool story, dude. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, I, think, I think Julian may have to be back on the show, guys. So if you want to hear more Julian guide stories, definitely shoot me a DM. Uh, let me know you heard it. And, uh, and shoot me a message. We might have to get him back on the show. So Let's go, guys. Last caller, and we're going to wrap this episode up, so let's get to it. Help. Garrett Backman. Daniel Gross. How you been, dude? Cold. How you been? Shoot, we got up to 66 today. <laughs>
7: we broke 32 today, so we got above freezing.
0: Dude, that's wild, man. Well, you're live on the Part Time Hunter, dude. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, I know you and your show, but introduce yourself. Tell them your podcast and where you're uh, out of in the U.S.
7: Okay, my name is Garrett Backman. I run the uh, Woods and Water podcast uh, over here in Northeast Montana, Scoby specifically, and kind of I cover everything. I I hunt everything up here: elk, antelope, deer waterfowl uh as of the last year turkeys and yeah kind of kind of do a little bit of everything
0: dude i I still had you saved in my phone as the uh the wicked hunting podcast
7: wicked hunting (laughs) yeah that was uh that was a short-lived thing that was supposed to be an idea uh me and uh a couple friends there's a there's a snapchat group called the uh wicked wieners it was a duck hunting thing from all over the country. It's supposed to be a bunch of dudes are supposed to be part of it, and then it turned into just me doing everything. So then I said, "Fuck you guys," and uh, <laughs> turned into my own thing. So that's why it's not uh, Wicked Hunting anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah. D- no, I, I don't blame you, dude. Yeah, Garrett has a great show, guys. So don't just take my word for it. Go listen. Go download the episode. He's pretty much everywhere you can find our show. So go uh, go give him a listen. Uh, I've got a few episodes on there too. But uh, yeah, so you're uh, you. So you remind me. You haven't been turkey hunting your whole life. You kind of dove into it recently, right?
7: Yeah. So how that really happened was uh, my family's originally from South Dakota. We got uh, turkeys down there, and uh, I had always seen them in the wintertime, hanging around around, uh, grain bins and things like that, and I just thought of them as a stupid bird I could sneak up on as a kid, (laughs) pretty much tackle. So I never really saw the allure of turkey hunting until I – obviously it's until i started the podcast i started talking with dudes that were obsessed with turkey hunting and you were one of them and it just kind of got me interested in it. It was like well shit i'll give i'll give them an actual good honest try and uh yeah i got my ass kicked pretty much all of last season until the last week of season before i finally got one and i realized how tough it is and how cool turkeys actually are and now uh for the past month or so i have been watching <laughs> nothing but uh turkey hunting youtube and everything so uh kind of kind of turned into an itch that turned into a burn, and now I'm all about turkey hunting. That's all I can think of right now. I gave up my snow snow goose hunting in the uh, spring for uh, turkey hunting this spring.
0: Dude, yeah, screw Whitey, man. This is, th- this bird, the long beard, is way better than any snow goose. <laughs>
7: uh, yeah, well, yeah, I'm realizing that. Uh, it's nice to be able to do it, too, when it's not so freaking cold and miserable and uh, muddy. Like, it seems like snow goose season is the whole time, so... Yeah, like I used to do an annual uh, snow goose trip with my uh, cousin and some friends, and I think I'm kind of fully backed off of that and on to where I'd, I'd rather spend my uh, days off or whatever turkey hunting.
0: Oh, yeah, dude. And so, like, for you guys, you know, where Garrett's at in Montana, he is, he is definitely deep in the heart of Merriam country, so he's chasing those, you know, mountain birds that... They, they put ground under their feet and they just get going. They got that farm turkey gobble compared to our Easterns down here in the Southeast. And, and uh, man, the, the Merriam has got such a soft spot in my heart, man. I just love those birds and how they react to calls and the volume of calling. I think they're the true, I would say the Merriam is a true turkey hunter's turkey, meaning if you love, you know, calling and hearing birds react and interacting you know whether you're using friction calls, mouth calls, whatever. I mean that you you will love going out west and chasing merriams, and plus they're they're gorgeous. I mean I love a good dark fan eastern, but man those those blonde tips, dude. There's something about the, chasing the bright boys through the mountains.
7: Yeah, it's uh it's definitely fun, and like you said, the miles that they put on it's you, crazy. Are, you you put them on, on freaking a lot
0: closer mule deer. <laughs>
7: yeah it's a lot closer to elk hunting than I thought it actually would be and that's the thing too once I uh turned into turkey season here in the last couple of weeks or so been practicing my calling uh I pulled out the uh diaphragms and since you know I did all the uh elk hunting this fall I keep wanting to uh go back to the uh elk calls on them so I'm having a definitely having a tough time trying to figure out turkey calling again on the diaphragms it took me months <laughs> last year to figure it out because I was a total rookie at it last year now I'm about Restarting from scratch again. So,
0: dude, we we need to get you down here to uh, either either come to my hometown or we got to do something. To get you in the southeast and you can experience an eastern turkey hunt. It will blow your freaking mind.
7: Yeah, I've been watching the uh, pinhoti project on old, uh, YouTube. Oh, Dave Owens, pretty much nonstop. Yeah, and it's uh, I definitely I want to do it. Uh, I got a lot of things I need to pay for and <laughs> handle family wise before I can do that. But I'm I'm definitely. You know, since I gave up my annual spring uh, snow goose hunt that we did. I'm thinking once my uh, son gets a little bit older here that might be something we're gonna start doing this. Not yucks. like a full turkey tour but like knocking out a state per year or whatever if we can.
0: Dude, so what you need to do is you need to somehow find a direct flight to Chattanooga, Tennessee. I'm um, twenty minutes <coughs> from there. I'll pick you up. Don't bring a gun or nothing, just bring your camouflage, we'll we'll hook you up and we'll just freaking we'll we'll show you around, dude.
7: Well, see. Part of the thing too is I don't even have green camouflage. You guys got green and everything. Everything here is brown. Whenever we hunt, fall is brown and the (laughs) springtime is brown. You guys are already green. We're still brown and white.
0: All right, all right. I'll let you borrow one of my leafy suits. You you can run around in that. You'll be fine. Perfect. (laughs) Perfect. So so tell us uh, tell us one of the hunts you went on yesterday or not yesterday? Last year, you said you got your ass whooped, which I'm very familiar with that term. Especially out west, Kansas. Woo, Kansas is a pain in my ass. I did get my redemption last year, but tell us a lesson you learned as, you know, figuring it out, even, you know, a place where you've lived your whole life out west. You know, what what was something you took away from one of the hunts that made you better in that hunt?
7: Well, I wouldn't know particularly about me getting better, but like you're getting better. Okay. I didn't realize how tough it is to set for. An hour or whatever, two hours in one spot underneath a tree with just a thin little thermos seat. I, uh, yeah, your ass falls asleep, legs fall asleep, you're sore and everything after it. So I definitely upgraded that. But I mean, the first actual, actual turkey hunt I went on last year, my friend Ben, he's from Illinois, Iowa, one of those I states over there. Uh, anyways, so he, he kind of knew what he was doing. I hung out with him, figured out what we were going to do. Um, we ended up going out one evening, found a bunch of toms, uh, roosted them. And so we decided right away in the morning, we'd go out there. We, we knew what tree we were going to go to. We had a pin on onyx and everything, what we were going to sit at before light and, uh, start calling at them. Everything went as planned. We went out there in the morning, got out there way before light, got to that tree. And before we even hardly got sat down, they were already, uh, tree goblin or, Tree calling whatever you guys call it. I'm not fully in on the uh, goblin on
0: the yet. limb. I don't, I they don't were, know all the term. They yeah, were goblin, goblin on the firm. limb.
7: Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yep, they were there, and we knew we were within like 30, 40 yards of them. We were set. We were perfect. Um, sat down. The sun came up, and I was expecting sun come up, and they would be off that tree. They, they sat up there for like 30, 45, maybe even an hour after the sun came up. Just after goblin, we called at them, trying to get them to come down. Finally, they came down. They flew the other way, but they didn't go too far, so they were gobbling back at us. We couldn't quite get them to come into us, and end up being like two hours. I think we ended up sitting there, at, sitting there at the tree, and they were within like eighty yards of us the whole time. Wow. So, anyways, the whole time we were sitting there gobbling at them, we didn't realize there was a whole bunch of jakes coming in. I mean, this was my first time I was going to shoot anything that came in. <laughs> Obviously not a hen, but pretty much oh, yeah. anything that came in, I would have been fine with. So we're sitting there the whole time, asses asleep and everything, legs are asleep, sore. And uh, I finally decided, because he was, you know, as was, like, was like as a kid again, and he was my dad, to where every time you no- move, your dad's like, stop moving, stop moving, quit making noise, <laughs> stop moving, they're going to see you, stop making noise, thinking of deer hunting. And uh, so anyways, I finally said, fuck it, I'm, go- I'm going to make a move, I can't, my uh, legs hurt, so I kind of like leaned myself over, and as soon as I leaned myself over, I heard like a little cluck behind me, and I turned around and looked around be- the tree behind me, and there's like six jakes just standing behind me in the field at like 20 yards. Jeez! Oh shit, oh shit, there's... There's turkeys behind us, and he told me, turn around and shoot them. And by the time I got turned around, they were running away. So I took a shot of them running away. And right as I was about to shoot, uh, he said, the tom's right there. And so as I shot, I missed the jakes. Um, He turned, tried to shoot one of those toms, that just popped over the hill. And uh, when I turned to try to get a shot at the tom, too, as they were taking off running, my legs were so asleep, I tried to halfway stand up, and I just tipped over because they were so so fully dead my legs were so it was a big cluster fucking and it all came down to me not having the proper uh equipment a uh, good seat to sit on yeah so that was that was my biggest takeaway to actually have the equipment to do this and how much it actually takes to do it so it was that was kind of a you had to be there type of moment though i'm sure if there's a video video uh watching us it would have been hilarious to look back on that whole cluster that was
0: that 30 seconds but dude yeah that 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 is that actually is a really good lesson too so you know I mean, well, and I think that was one of the things that we talked on the earlier podcast uh, when you were, you know, trying to get in, you know, get into turkey hunting seriously and, and really dive into it, the rabbit hole. But uh, a lot of guys around here, you know, instead of just carrying their seat, you know, the turkey vest for us is is a huge staple. Like, I feel naked without a, my turkey vest and the turkey woods. And sometimes you ditch it and you run and gun with a mouth call and your shotgun. And sometimes you do like what you did and you have to really you know wait one out but yeah dude having a having a good you know nice memory foam you know waterproof bottom seat is super super nice cuz i mean on those hunts where you know like in your case you guys were covered up i mean birds within 80 yards is it's pretty tight especially off the limb and i mean you got to really sit there and you know if they're with hens you got to wait them out and in most cases kind of like what you experience is the jakes will come in in a group, and the toms will kind of hang back because a, a lone tom or two toms versus ten jakes, they just don't mingle good together when it's, you know, peak, you know, in their breeding season. When, in in the wintering flocks, not so much. They kind of mingle, but yeah, I mean, you had to really wait it out and see what was going to come across the hill, and yeah, dude, that that would have been really, I mean, if you'd had a GoPro with that, that would have been, that would have been a million views instantly.
7: Well, and th- the thing was, too, I didn't realize how kind of special that was, but in how many turkeys that we were in, on my first time, I didn't realize how cool that was until oh, yeah. towards the end of the season when I found out what it's actually like. Like I just, like I said, I grew up thinking that turkeys were this dumb bird <laughs> that I could catch because I'd caught them at my grandparents' grain bin. And then that first time, I mean, being around that many, I was like, yeah, "There's," I kind of messed it up, but they're a dumb bird. This can happen. And then I went a whole month and a half or whatever, of never getting within a hundred yards of, of them without knowing I was there. So. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't really take in the perspective or really lock it in how cool that actually was that I was around that maybe that first time until way too late.
0: Oh yeah, dude. That, that that's like you know to equivalent that to a waterfowl guy. That's like that's like you pull you know the first group of ducks you pull up on with your shotgun is like a group of eighty five you know, green heads in your face at 15 yeah. yards and you think, Oh shit, that happens all the time. <laughs> yeah. In your dreams. So yeah, yeah. no, yeah. The, but I mean that, that's cool that you got that experience and and uh, the vocalization and, and how the birds were working you guys. And that's all stuff you can use all the time. That's something that I tell guys all the time on the podcast, especially this time of year is, you know, I've been turkey hunting since I was in sixth grade with my dad, we were figuring it out. But you know, just like you, you know, you learn something every time you go, just like, this turkey can humble me just as much as anybody and, and he teaches me something every every time I go. So that's that's part of the fun of it, and I think that's why when you do get to lay hands on one like you did, it's just like, dude, it's such a huge feeling of, of accomplishment. I mean, it's just, man, you, you you were in his bubble, you outsmarted him, you reversed nature and and you killed that that long beard dude. There's there's nothing sweeter, in my opinion.
7: Yeah. When I finally did get it done last year, it was well, not only was I very happy, my wife was very happy because it was another thing, you know, hunting season just gets over. She thinks she's in the calm before the storm for a little <laughs> while and then all of a sudden I'm turkey hunting. But when I finally got one, she was glad that I, I got it and I was done. But yeah, it was, uh, you know, so I don't know if you remember, but when I got mine, I was asking you about, uh, finishing the uh, fan and everything, you know, yeah. the core act. all the jazz. And so I had the spurs I had the legs cut off and I was going to keep the spurs too. And my, uh dogs that uh, when I was doing the Spurs somehow I, I forgot them on the grass behind me while I was dealing with the fan when the dogs took it and they chewed up my Spurs
0: oh man well so I was
7: like yeah that was that was back like the day that I shot it well I I did the uh fan and the beard and I don't know if you remember but it was a long beard if I remember right, it was like 11 and a half or something like that inches it was that's super a damn, long and you a told a me that good was, bird um, yeah you said especially for merriam's that's a very good bird because they frost up on the end of the beard or whatever and they can tear it off. I think that was you that was telling me that. But anyways, yeah. so I, I had a really big beard. I got really lucky the bird I got. Great big beard, beautiful fan, lots of white on it. Well, in between our moves to our new house, the summer we moved to a new house, I uh, lost the beard somewhere in the moves, and like I got left as a fan. So dogs ate the spurs. The beard is who knows
0: where, so all I got left is my fam. Jesus, Garrett. <laughs> I,
7: Gosh, I know. I know. I, was, I, I, I honestly, since I started watching turkey videos again, I read re-upped the search through the house but we still haven't found that yet so it's either at the old house or one dog's got it i know it's a it's a sin it's heartbreaking but
0: ah, well hey that that's just going to make you chase after the next one even harder though
7: yeah i know i'm afraid that's gonna be my biggest one ever though all i'm gonna have is a story it'll be like a fishing story everyone will be like (laughs) yeah sure you for sure got one that big the fish was
0: this big i swear to god (laughs) 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 damn dude well hey Dude hey i I know you're busy with family and and, and of course you're I in mean, your full time job are you still working for are you still doing John deere even after you moved or are you still yeah. doing yeah so so, yeah, so, I'm so a, you guys are about to be busy' I'm pretty mobile now yeah i'm a I'm an hour from
7: our dealership so i'm I'm remote and mobile, so I'm pretty this time you're we rolling into seating here pretty quick, so we're really starting to pick up speed oh so
0: man yeah so you
7: I'm putting in the hours now
0: I <laughs> am putting in the hours so you can go chase that Miriam later, yeah. I love it, dude. Hey, thanks for being on the show. You guys go check out a Woods and Water Podcast. Uh, he actually – did Did you post the one with uh, with Joe Heintz and, and Nick on there already?
7: Yeah, that was uh, this Wednesday, just a couple days ago. Dude, what – John and Joe Heintz.
0: I'm excited to listen to that. I, I
7: will one. say there's a – yeah, there's a, there's a whole 15 minutes I had to completely cut out. Uh, Joey Vasalo, if you uh, heard of him from the Midwest yeah, yeah. podcast, he hopped in for a little bit too uh sadly i had to cut out that whole 15 minutes because of the things we talked about but it was a good podcast on the it was fun it was mostly nick and joe telling stories about hunting and bands and stuff they've done together so if anybody knows nick johnson joe heinz it's a it's a great buddy podcast i was pretty much a fly on a wall where they were just telling stories so <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dude, that's that's wicked yeah if you guys are waterfowl guys you've i mean unless you live under a rock and have no cell phone service then you definitely know who joe heinz and and uh, Nick Johnson are great, great dudes. I talk to Joe off and on during goose season. We bounce around band stories. But, yeah, dude, go check out Woods & Water Podcast. Garrett, thanks for me on the show, buddy. Uh, you guys have a great start to your weekend. And uh, when you dive into turkey season, holler at me, man. We need to do another podcast. So. Yes, sir. Uh, thanks for having me on, and, yeah, we'll talk to you later. We'll do it, buddy. You guys have a good one, Okay. All right, guys, that was Garrett Backman, Woods and Water Podcast. On our show, Talking Turkeys, especially those out west, Merriam, the bright boys, the big, white, blonde, golden fans. Gosh, man, I could do – I mean, honestly, I, I love my Easterns, you know, the the big, black, bold fans, the big, nice, barred-up wings. I love them too. But, man, it's that's something about turkey hunting. If you haven't taken, you know, people call it a turkey tour, a swing, a, you know, whatever, an out-of-state trip, if you go out-of-state – definitely get to experience it because I think that's something very unique to turkey hunting is you can literally do it in every state in the U.S., even Hawaii. So go experience it, even if you, you don't have to go to Hawaii to have a good time, but go, go out west, go to Kansas, you know, even further out west, Wyoming, Montana, uh, Nebraska, Washington. I mean, if you go on the East Coast, I'm going to kind of dip my toes into the East Coast this year in Virginia. But, yeah, dude, what a great episode. Loved having you guys on. Episode number 45, the listeners' episode. It was, you know, it's your show today, guys. I loved it. We're gonna do this more often. If you guys want to be on the show and have some more turkey talk, turkey strategies, other guys out of state, guys, I love it. Nothing's off the table. Whatever controversial topics, hot topics, turkey decline populations, TSS, public land decoys, whatever you want to talk about, guys, we will cover it because this is the part-time hunter. No sponsors, no commercials, no BS. It's just us. It's a podcast. It's me in the shop. It's you guys. That's what makes it special. Go join the giveaway over on IG, Mojo Buck Eight Zero. Get entered. It's TSS. It's a call package. It's a North Mountain Gear hoodie. It's a, it's a turkey tote. It's a hat that matches the North Mountain Gear hoodie from Delta Feather. Salt Creek ammo, foot on the head game calls. Go get entered. I'm giving that away on March 1st. We will have the random drawing. I'll put them all in the randomizer and uh, we're going to pick a lucky winner, and we're going to ship all that to you for free. So go get entered. We'd love to have you guys join the family over there on the IG. Our YouTube channel, I just did a Turkey Gear video review for Grounded Brand over there on the YouTube channel, and uh, I go over the stuff we got from the NWTF, Mojo Buck Productions, the YouTube channel. Go check it out. would love to have you guys watch and subscribe if you like it. Shoot me a message, guys. Let me know you heard the episode. And that's all I got for you. Thank you to everybody. Love you guys. You're blowing up the show. We're doing it together, and guess what? We'll catch you on the next one.